Schemy Pete! Schemy Pete's scenarios. Schemy Pete's scenarios. Schemy Pete's scenarios. Schemy Pete's scenarios. Welcome to episode 19 of Schemy Pete Scenarios with a very special guest all the way from England. Sitting with me here today is Graham Turner, who is Becky's dad, my father-in-law, and kind of a, a bizarre chap. Hello, Graham. Hello. Hi. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I didn't even know what a podcast was until you asked me to do one. Yeah. <laughs> Pod to me is what pee's coming. Yes. And cast is what you do with a fishing rod. Oh, so so you had in mind when I asked you for a podcast, get some peas and fish with them. Uh, that's a possibility. Yeah. Since I don't fish anyway. No. <laughs> Why don't you fish? Um, too slow. You seem like you could be a fisherman, maybe with some gumboots out in the in uh, the river. Yeah, I'd, I'd like a bit of sea fishing, but. Sea fishing. Uh, yeah. You want to go sea fishing? I would. We can go sea fishing. Um, I think we'll catch some snapper out here. That'd be good. But you're from England, so you probably would prefer a cod or a carp. Carp at freshwater. Yeah. Cod, seawater. So oh. I'd, I'd, I'd go fishing for cod. Yeah. Is that, what is your favourite fish um, to eat? Place. Place. P-L-A-I-C-E, I think. Yeah. Perhaps no E. What, what do you like about that? Uh, it's just nice tasting fish. Yeah. Is it a big fish? Not too chunky. No, flat. A flat fish. Oh, is it one of those bottom dweller fish? Yes. Okay. But it's it's a little bit tastier, dare I say it, than cod. Okay. You, do you like the New Zealand fish? Uh, I haven't had much experience of it. Oh, we've got to get some fish then. Maybe have some fish and chips on Friday. Yes. <laughs> it's a legally binding yes with a finger pointed at my I face. I didn't want to upset any um, fish-based organisations in New Zealand. No, fish-based organisations. The fishing ministry. There's, um, I've got some scenarios for you. Are you familiar with the concept of scenarios? I've um, asked you some before. You have, much to my distress. Usually, if I ask you, I remember I was in the car with you in, in England and I asked you a scenario and you, you said, oh, bloody hell, what's the purpose of asking that? And that was your answer to every scenario. Well, uh, sometimes, Pete, I know you've got a, 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 a good mind, but sometimes I don't think you put it to the most effective use. <laughs> well, you're wrong on both counts. And with that <laughs> note, let's, let's get on to our first scenario. Oh, good evening, sir. You've uh, you've won. You've won the competition. This is a competition that you entered to win a free non-fictional vehicle, plus unlimited fuel, plus magically have the ability to operate that vehicle with the highest level of skill. What vehicle do you want? Well, the first thing I'd ask is, is this a scam? Because every time I win something that I don't remember prying for, I'm very suspicious. This is not a scam. You're 100% guaranteed to get the thing you ask for. So given my age and my complex hearing situation, um, could you repeat the scenario? So you've won a free vehicle 
that's going to be delivered to you and it's going to be fueled up every time you use all the fuel if it is a fueled vehicle not say a bicycle um, they will refuel it for free plus you're going to get magic to the skill to operate that vehicle at the highest skill level so if you do choose say bmx bike you'll be expert bmxer like bang like that okay so this has to be a vehicle that exists at the moment yes can't be a fictional vehicle okay um i think i would go for um a four-seater formula one to get me there quickly if i've got the skills to keep it on the road but i'd need it to be four-seater rather than one otherwise the wife and uh, <laughs> any friends would not be able to get in it with me so was, i don't was, know was that a wink i detected when you said you want the wife and your friends in the car with you? I didn't wink at all, Peter. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're misleading your listeners. I don't know. Well, someone's misleading someone. <laughs> and, and, and someone's going to get a clip around the air from someone I know very well <laughs> if she hears this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. She has, she has very poor hearing. She won't hear a thing. <laughs> um, no, I'd go for a, I'd always I've always wanted to drive a Formula One car. I suspect most blokes have. But um, they go so fast. They, they, they. I mean, you need so many skills to drive that thing. So when you said I will be skilled up, I thought, yes, yeah, I'll have some of that. Yeah, the you you see them on the first person camera perspective when they're driving those cars, and I think they. You still can't really see how fast you're going because you're not feeling those g forces. Yeah. Do you know how much acceleration they have? Uh, from zero to I believe it's around about 5G whoa I think I don't know so up there with big big drag cars it's massive wow because they're so flat to the ground as well yeah that's why why a lot of um, racing drivers are so small because they've condensed under the pressure and their necks are so (laughs) thick right oh because they're always holding their head from left and right very very strong necks yeah uh, well, they're fit overall, aren't they, racing drivers? They'd have to be. So at my age, I wouldn't mind a racing driver's fitness as well, if that's thrown in. Well, part of the fitness um, is mental fitness, isn't it? Yes. Because they have to be really fast with their reflexes. They do. They do. Okay, I, I, I feel like this scenario has, has been answered su- suitably. You wouldn't go for, say, a fighter jet. Um, I'd have difficulty finding parking for it in my house. Okay, so you're on the road with your highly illegal Formula One car that's been modified to have four seats. So it's a really long Flintstone style, extra long Formula One car that probably has a turning circle of about three kilometers. Well, I'd, I'd, if oh, you said it's not got an imag- it can't be imaginary. That's but right. It's, it's four seats. But yeah. so I was just imagining they're going to get another one and extend it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It would need some boot space as well because my <laughs> wife often carries quite a bit of luggage. Is <laughs> it going that's, to turn into a sedan? That's real luggage, not metaphorical luggage. Ah. It's for a, a beach wear when we come to New ah. Zealand. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I detected another wink there. <laughs> and when Jill, when Jill hears this, Oh, never mind. I won't talk about what happens when Jill hears this. But what do you reckon your punishment will be? Um, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Well, let's, let's call an end to that scenario. It wasn't a very long one, but you chose Formula One. 
and that, that satisfies me. A ne'er-do-well steals your favorite slippers. The sheriff decides that you can choose the ne'er-do-well's punishment. What punishment do you choose? Well, I'm, I'm not normally um, an aggressive person. Um, <laughs> but your favorite slippers. Well, yeah, all right. Slippers are slippers, if you've got a pair. Um, I, I would not want to see some poor soul that for some reason best known to them as they decided to take my footwear so I would view it that this poor soul has got a far bigger need than I for my slippers and I would probably not require any form of punishment for him um, I think he's been punished enough in life if he's got to nick my slippers does he does he get to keep the slippers yes oh, wow okay this is very um, broad-minded of you to consider the other side like that. Um, yeah, there's lots more important things in life than slippers and a hell of a lot of other things. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't get too anxious about a pair of slippers. Okay, so no no punishment. That's fine. No. But this is okay. So here's the maybe you're a bit disconnected from the scenario. Here, I'll I'll try and put it into perspective. You get up in the morning. You, you stretch and you go, oh, cold blimey, didn't I had to get up twice to urinate in the night? Oh, and oh, where's me slippers? And then you see a ne'er do well slinking off with them in the distance. Well, that, that puts a completely different picture on it because, of course, if I happen to catch my toe while I'm nipping off to the loo twice a night. You told me that you went twice last night. Now you're throwing in information <laughs> I don't remember, given okay. my age All right. and, and the construction of my or strength of my bladder. Yeah. Um, no, I, no, I still wouldn't. Um, I, I recognise the discomfort I would suffer in doing a, an unslippered walk to your bathroom. But uh, at, at my own home, um, I have uh, carpeted floors um, and the line, the cold covering wouldn't prevent me from having a trouble-free travel to the yeah. toilet. Okay, Some listen, alliteration at home. There you. There yeah. <laughs> Good. The more alliteration you can use, the better. In fact, if you could use only alliteration... That would be difficult. <laughs> yes, you might. Uh, so, okay, let's say it's at your house in, in England, yeah. and that's where it happened. You still wouldn't be too angry? Because he would have had to be in your room, the ne'er do well. I think I think a scenario that required me to wreak vengeance on a perpetrator would have to be fairly significant. Okay. Like if someone pinched my car, I might be okay. a bit angry. Yeah. Um, but the insurance would pay out, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what if he stole your car and your insurance? Um. Um. um an improbable scenario given insurance is a, <laughs> okay. a, a nebulous piece of <laughs> stuff. Bit of paper, a verbal contract, and uh, the response being we will pay a value. Now, if the value of the car 
was not such that I could replace my car, then I might go round and knock seven bells of crap out whoever did nick it. Violence, I like yes. it. Yes, okay. I was. I thought that's what you were seeking. I'm not so seeking I, violence. This is entirely your scenario. You can answer it however no. you wish. I, I think it would be um, if I caught someone stealing my car. That might be a slightly different thing. Um, I might get overtaken by anger for a moment, but I think if I had the chance to consider my options, and considering this bloke is probably going to be about sixty years younger than me, I might consider it best if I just let him take the thing give a good report to the police and wait for them to do their stuff. Okay. So you're imagining a seven-year-old doing it. <laughs> so then you're going to report them to the police. My my mathematics is a little bit limp at the moment. I'm still suffering jet lag. <laughs> having, having spent 25 hours in the air not a few days ago. Sure I was 25? Your mathematics is a bit shaky. No, 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 no. It was about 25. Okay, all right. That's well, it. you think it was 24, but you forget the fact that I sat on the plane for an hour and a quarter in Heath, in Dubai, mm. waiting for fuel. So we oh. actually sat on the plane, though not in the air. Okay. Well, I have some caveats to your non-violent answer because... I tried to be violent where I could. I, I, I appreciate you shoehorning some violence into it. Um, there's, there might, if it's a scenario if he just steals your slippers... You're not going to wreak vengeance. In in real life, I couldn't even begin to imagine wreaking vengeance over a piece of footwear. Right, okay. So, piece of footwear, your favourite slippers? Given, it's I know it's an imaginary scenario. I think I've, I would have to have a pair of favourite slippers. Um, Shoot, what are the, these? You're not your favourite slippers? These are just some footwear. It's even oh. beach shoes, actually. Oh, okay. All right. They look like slippers. Um, so the caveat is, well, first caveat is, turns out that this person that you're saying probably don't punish intended to use your slippers to voodoo you so that you could never walk again. What's the punishment now? The sheriff says, oh, sorry, Graham, um, should know this, but he actually had a little voodoo shrine and that's the last piece of the puzzle little photo of you, and now he needed your slippers to voodoo you. I, I would say um, that I would want to sit down with this gentleman and find out why. Having established the why, I would try and carry out that, um, the function we have where we put the perpetrator and the victim in one place and let the perpetrator see the um, outcome of his ne'er-do-wellisms if there is such a word and let him see what discomfort he had caused and if by looking at him he seemed to take no great understanding as to what he'd done I would then ask that unbeknownst to him he would have a in other words he would think that I had reversed the process and he was now going to be unable to walk for the rest of his life but I'd have the caveat with the sheriff and say, look, if he starts to show some form of um, understanding of what he has done because he's now suffering himself, I would ask him to gradually downgrade the inability to walk until at some stage he can walk again. Okay, so that's a big escalation from no punishment to psychological torture. Yeah, why not? 
Why not? It's only over a short time and he might learn something from it. Yeah, but he does have to sit in the room and talk to you. Well, then he's got the opportunity to show some kind of understanding. And if, right. But I said if he doesn't show that understanding, then I would implement the, um, okay. the big option. Okay, well, there's another caveat. Turns out that was a lie. He intended to use your slippers to commit genocide against the Jews. What's his punishment now? Now you see, we're getting into a, a massive, massive hole here because there's Escalated so many... Escalated again. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel it's my responsibility to dish out penalties for things that are done to other people. I might remonstrate... In fact, I would remonstrate with him that this is a completely horrendous thing to do, especially my slippers... <laughs> um, I also want to know why the hell he needed my slippers to do such a thing. Uh, maybe he didn't really, wasn't going to be able to do it. He was just insane and he thought that the slippers, maybe the slippers were some rare, had some rare foot-borne parasite that allowed you to, you know, weaponize it and and commit a genocide. I'm just, I'm just concerned that if MI5 pick up this podcast, they mm. might come and... Um, impound my slippers as a potential <laughs> for terrorist threats. Well, uh, so it's always a persistent threat. If they knew about your slippers, they may well do that. Well, as I'm here in New Zealand at the moment, perhaps MI5 won't be that interested, but Pretty I safe. don't know what the equivalent of news to MI5 is, MI5 is in New Zealand. Oh, we just have this guy called Andrew. You've met him, Andrew. I have. That's our spy. We have this one guy. Right. And that's him. And very, very effective. Yeah, he, he really doesn't want me to keep telling people that he's the guy, but yeah, he, we only have one guy and that's him. Do you, do you mean that tall, good-looking chap, um, Andrew, Andrew, who yeah. lives at... Oh, I won't better not give his address. Yeah, Andrew. But, yeah. He's, but he's here, isn't he? Wait. Yeah, yeah, he just lives down the road yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, hopefully with his red hair, no one will recognise him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Well, we haven't really described him enough for anyone to, to recognise him. So... He might have shaved off that moustache anyway by now. Ah, you're throwing some red herrings in here, I believe. No, his moustache is actually brown. It's his hair that's red. Ah, OK, all right. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, I think he's pretty safe. No one really knows his real name anyway. No, I don't know his real and he's name. he's pretty stealthy. Um... Okay, well, all right. Well, you would not really assign a punishment to the guy who wanted to kill all the Jews? Um, if it was only me that had the option yeah, to do it. Yeah, one has been assigned to you oh, already. So I would, be, I would be asked on behalf of the Jewish community to r- render some horrendous act or not. I would um, probably have to sit down with the Jewish community and see what they would like me to do. Because... It's not me he's harming. Um, I would absolutely not agree with his um, intended actions, but I don't feel it would be my responsibility to carry out any punishment on behalf of the Jewish community. But if they came along and asked me to do something, I would find out what, what might be appropriate and then... But again, someone with this kind of nature... I would, I would be really keen to find out why, why yeah. this has been oh, done, yeah, be and great. I would, I would in the early stages try and make sure that, or try and understand his uh, motives, and 
try and negotiate with him to see if he might have a different way of thinking and ultimately knock seven bells of crap out of him <laughs> if, if he didn't. So okay. uh, Straight to violence every time. Well, no, 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 no. I've given him every opportunity. Lots of opportunity. And um, uh, I, I don't like violence, but I would get quite angry if he didn't start to come around to my way of thinking. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well... I like it that you you you're really pushing for rehabilitation and Abs- restoration. Absolutely. Above retribution. Yes. Okay. But if all else fails, retribution. A bit enough. of a slap. Bit of a slap. Excellent. You are competing in a grand race. The prize is unlimited tea and kidney suet for life. You get to choose any three modes of transport and you must visit all of the continents in any order. What's your strategy? I'm lost for words. I don't even understand the scenario. Okay, you're competing in a grand race. Yes. It starts here where you are right now. Yes. The prize for winning is unlimited tea and kidney suet for life. You mean, you mean steak kidney pie? The thing you like to eat. Steak kidney pie. Okay, yeah. Or pudding. Yeah. Uh, What did I say? Kidney suet. (laughs) That just sounds revolting. (laughs) Kidneys and suet. You you love kidney suet. I think you're thinking of a steak and kidney pudding, which is a suet pastry. Okay, so that, uh, a, a steak and kidney suet Anyway, I, I bow to the fact that you're offering me tea yeah. as, a, as, a, as a prize yeah. together with one of my favourite meals, which is steak and kidney pudding. Yeah, that's the prize, and it's unlimited. You have as much as you want for it. Okay, ever. yeah. So suddenly, suddenly I won't be quite so enthusiastic about it after my 50th steak and kidney pudding. Yeah, but, but right now you're the, super motivated because yeah. of... Your favourite things in yeah, the world are I on can, offer. I can feel myself getting pumped up as we sit here. You can you can choose three modes of transport. Yep. Okay. And you're competing against, say, four other people randomly selected at different parts of the world. Right. Okay. And let's say they're in different countries. Yeah. And they're getting this information at exactly the same time as you. Yep. Okay. You get three modes of transport, which you must choose up front. And you must visit all of the continents in any order you like, as long as you touch the ground in those continents. Right. What's your strategy? I would just get the fastest jet aeroplane. Okay, so aeroplane flight is one of your modes. What? Yeah. Do I have to use three? Yeah. Well, you don't have to use all three, but you can choose any three. Well, I would have thought if it's a race and we're yeah. all end, uh, we're all going to end up back where we started, but having touched down. You don't have to end up back where you started. As soon right. as you touch your last continent, that the race is over. Okay. Well, I would just uh, get the fastest jet. How are you going to get to the jet? Um, I've got my trusty bike down the road. Okay. <laughs> or I might use that racing car I was asking you about okay, earlier. Racing car, um, bike, and or, or a he- perhaps a helicopter. But given that speed is of the essence, I'd go for probably helicopter to the airport, jump in the jet, figure out uh, my refueling stops or um, air refueling, 
um, and then plot with the help of Google Earth how, what are the the five nearest points of all the continent all the continents. Well, the nearest one from here is Australia, followed by Antarctica. Yeah. Those are the two nearest ones, and you you've got the advantage of being in a country that's closest to the most inaccessible one, which is yeah. Antarctica. But albeit you've still got to get there to, and back. Well, yeah, but if and you've got, still got to get down to the or up to the southernmost point of the Earth, if that's a continent. Southernmost point of the Earth. Sorry, northern. Northern. I uh, get my Arctic. north and south mix when I'm down here. Arctic. Yeah, so I think you got Antarctica, Australia is the Arctic one, yeah. America, Africa, Europe, and Antar Asia. Oh, so we don't, well, there's no Antarctic then? Oh, yeah, Antarctica is one of them, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking top to bottom and touch as many of the others on the way down. So your three modes of transport are walking, helicopter flight, and jet flight. Well, no, I'd go helicopter, jet, and then I'll. I wouldn't bother with anything else. How are you going to get I, from the helicopter to the jet? You were walking there. Or, or if the helicopter landed adjacent to the jet, I'd just run across. Running, okay. Yep. Running. Or hobble. Hobbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making myself sound far, far worse than I actually am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't hmm like that to me, Peter. <laughs> Well, uh, okay. Well, that seems. Where would you go first then? Would you start with Antarctica? Yeah, I just, I just nip between. Yeah, I'm no great geograph geography student, so um, I'd have to be led by Google Earth, um, and I'd just say, "What's the name of that little little machine that you say, hey, get me a switch the lights on?" Oh. Um Wait, I was at Alexa. Alexa, yeah. that's the one. Again, you know, I didn't know what a podcast was, so I can't even remember what Alexa's name is sometimes. <laughs> so I'd probably ask someone like Alexa, what's the fastest what what's the fastest route between these the five continents? Okay. Let her work it out or it work it out. See, I'm bringing text into it now. Yeah. I've, I thought they call her Alexa, it could be a male. Okay. Well, that's just the name they've, they've called it. It's an Amazon product that listens to you in your house all the time. Listening, 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 listen, listen, listen. Feed the information, who knows where, because it's going through. Who else is listening? Yes. Mm. yes. Let's get everything you say and take it somewhere that you do not know for sure isn't someone who means you harm. But people like to have it in the house because then they can go, Oh, yeah, remember, oh, can I order some more um, ham? And then ham will arrive at their house. Convenience versus privacy. Where do you stand on that debate? Um, privacy. Privacy, I... Trying to think of the word. I value. Okay, privacy versus security. Where do you draw the line? And, uh, well... You, I don't think you can be more secure than not touching any of these electronic items, although I recognise the advantages that they bring. I don't like the lack of privacy that they also bring. Um, and I'm, I'm from a generation that, God forbid, didn't even have a telephone in the house, let alone a mobile phone. Yeah. So... Uh, when I used to uh, date 
date my wife, your mother-in-law. Yeah, I know. Um, I used to do a hundred-yard dash up the road to a telephone box and phone her from there <laughs> and hope that nobody was in there already and hope that nobody came along and knocked on the window while I was in the middle of a of a, an emotional discussion with her. A sonnet. A sonnet. <laughs> recommend Sonnet 29 by Shakespeare, set to music by a gentleman whose name I cannot remember at the moment, but do Sonnet 29 song and it's a really nice piece of music together with some good words. All right, well, let's... Um, Sonnet 29 with some music recommended by Graham Turner. Play that down the payphone to your potential wife <laughs> and 40 years later, you'll, you'll be sitting pretty doing a <laughs> podcast with an idiot that your daughter got involved with. So I, would, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it quite as, as badly as that, Peter. <laughs> well, you, you do have some redeeming features... I just can't remember them at the moment because you filled my brain with questions. Yes, questions designed to challenge your ageing and rapidly degenerating brain. Indeed. <laughs> well, um, I, I have a new scenario for you, so let's just call that one a day. I thought you might. You have been granted the prestigious position of stall operator at the Tunbridge Fair. You are allowed to sell one thing that you must make yourself. What do you sell? I actually have some experience of this. Ooh. Um, I, I do some voluntary work for a country park where we have lots of wood left over after we've done various tree tree felling, tree um, resti- restoration. And a few years ago, we sawed some of the rounder logs into uh, discs, discs of various sizes, and we just stuck them together on, with pieces of uh, doweling and made little wooden snowmen. And um, the ladies in our group knitted little scarves and we sold these little snowmen of various sizes with little top hats oh. for Christmas. And we raised a significant amount of money for our, our um, volunteers fund yeah. to help us buy tools for the park. Oh, nice. What tool did you buy? Uh, well, we've, we've bought several. We've bought... Um, Spade? No, no. Um, saws. Okay. That's electronic, of, uh, electronic saws. We've bought... A chainsaw? No, no. We, we ourselves don't use chainsaws and our park ranger is certificated for the chainsaw. Right. As you will know from my past experience of accidents, yes. um, me and chainsaws would not go together no. without one of us coming off the worst. No, and I can guess it would be you. You probably guess right. Yeah. I value all of my limbs. So in that, that, that basically that would be my, uh, that would be the goods I would choose to sell because I've had the benefit of making them and the enjoyment of making them mm. and making a little bit of money um, and everybody enjoys them. Yeah, all right. Well, this is a scenario that coincidentally has happened in real life. So you were you already did this one. All right. Apparently, I didn't know that. So that, that worked out quite well. So you had the answer already lined up based on experience. I did. Sorry to ruin your scenario. It was kind of cheating. Well, un- un- unbeknowingly, I just... I just did a shortcut to the end. But uh, 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I having sat on stalls and sold things and stood around. Um, You've done a lot of standing around. Um, yeah, waiting for people to come up and buy things or to talk to us about different uh, scenarios. Um, I, I, I'm, I prefer to be a doer than a, a stand arounder. So standing in a market would not be my best, um, would not be a feature I would seek out with any great... Um, well, you're a stall operator, so you do get to talk to people. Yeah, but, you know, what? People are some people are nice to talk to. Yeah, Sorry. I've noticed some, some are. Some. Um, I've used, if my English teacher were around now, he would shoot me uh, for using the word nice. Um, he's all, he always used to say, there's no such word as nice. Um, so they could have been beautiful people, interesting people, uh, vulnerable people, angry people, but they wouldn't be nice people because nice means absolutely nothing at all. So you would, you would describe these people you work with as not nice no, you're, you're. We're talking about a scenario of me meeting the public. Oh, you describe and people the, in the public and as the, not as, nice. As most people who've worked in shops will tell you, the public are a vast range of beings. Yes. Um, some are wonderful. Some just want to get on with life and move on. Some can be very ungracious, and can some can be bloody downright, downright rude. So um, I, I take my hat off to people who, who work in shops. You would say they're not very nice people in the public? No, there's a, 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 there's a, there's a vast range. Yeah. There's the, on one end, there's the um, caring, enjoyable people that you would like to talk to. Yeah. There's the mid-range who just want to get on with life and, you know, they've got char- a, a, an opportunity to say... Anything, they just say thank you very much and move on. And at the other end of the scale, there are those that are downright rude and objectionable. These are the public. Oh, the public are objectionable. You, Pete, you turn it any way you like. (laughs) I know what I've said twice now. Um, Objectionable, there are always the odd one or two. I want to dig into the nice. So you say there's your English teacher would have shot you if you'd used the word nice. He, He would. Why? It's a it's a word that everyone knows. Yes, but it's it's as an English teacher, you want to want to be clear in what you are saying, and to say something is nice is too gen, too generic. It's too right. um, I can't remember the word now. But it lacks, um, ambiguous direction and ambiguous. Just, There's a good word. Okay, it's ambiguous. Well, okay, yeah, okay. It's, but it generally means pleasant, right? Just it's it's lazy. Lazy. I would. God, God bless him, Mr. Thomas. I know he's no longer with us, but um, a, an admirable Welshman who um, allowed me to sleep during his lesson and asked my colleague next to me not to wake me up. And then, when I did eventually wake up, he welcomed me back to the class. And um, I always remember his commentary about the word "nice." So this favourite teacher of yours would shoot students, he would let students sleep in the class and he insisted there was no such word as nice. Shoot students? You said he would shoot you if you used the word nice. Or hyperbole. Yeah, this is your this is your logical way of looking at things, Pete. Um, <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically. Screw logic. Metaphorically. <laughs> um, he would uh, frown upon 
people uh, who use the word nice because it is not sufficiently descriptive to add anything to the conversation. Okay. I'm saying, I would, you know, if I said this was a nice day, people there would be thinking, what is he talking about? Is he talking about the weather? Is he talking about his, his he, him being in the moment and that being interviewed by Pete was pleasant? If I, if I had wanted to say something was nice, I'd find a better word for it so that to more graphically demonstrate my sense of... Um, my sense about the, my day. Right. But people would be left with the un- impression of your state of mind, uh, right? That's of, oh, fairly positive in general about something. You're not necessarily describing the thing very well that's making you feel positive, whether it's the weather, whether it's the... Use it, introducing the word nice doesn't actually add anything. So... You'd, it's better just be silent, or no. Use got, use a use a better term. What if you got like one second left on your phone call and it's like about to run out of credits and Jill is like saying, "Oh, before you go in your payphone, um, just please please tell me." And you run out of your coins. Please tell me how was how was dinner tonight? And you got a second left. Tasty. Oh, all she heard was taste. You got time for one syllable. <laughs> I'm being, I'm feeling pressured now, Pete. Uh, okay, all right. So, what was your answer in the end? You would make snowmen out of wood. I make snowmen out of wood. They, they're decorative. They earn some money. They're enjoyable to make. They used materials that were around and would have gone to waste. And if I haven't already said it, which I think I have people seem to get a lot of enjoyment. We got many revisits from people saying, could we make another one for their mother? Cool. That's that's nice. And uh, we only got one complaint when one Dowling came unstuck and his head came off. Is that one that you made? No, it wasn't. Okay, well, that's that's a nice answer. Nice job. Would you rather have six fingers or six teeth or six wolves? Six wolves? Wolves. As in dogs that are much more angry than yeah. dogs. Carnus lupus. Six wolves. teeth. Six fingers. Six fingers. Total. Yes. Six teeth. Total. Yes. Or yeah. six wolves. Total. Um, well, I see no purpose in having six wolves. Um, I, I wouldn't want to keep them. I wouldn't want to walk them. And I wouldn't have to keep clearing up what they leave behind afterwards. I don't think you'll walk a wolf, let alone six wolves. Okay, so the advantages of owning a wolf are lost of me. Six wolves. Yeah. My having six teeth, I think, would cause me some problems with eating. Mm-hmm. Um, it would save my dentistry bills, but... Which teeth would you pick? I would, well, I, I wouldn't pick to have six teeth. Oh. I quite like the 30-odd that I've got at the moment. Okay. So uh, that leaves me with six fingers, which gives me lots of decisions about which one I use to pick my nose. All right. So six fingers, which six would you pick? Um, I would would actually, I think an extra thumb would be quite good. Um, Um, Okay, well... Because they're what they call them opposable. 
opposable thumbs. Oh, okay, I wasn't really including thumbs in the oh, right. equation. So well, you've got currently eight fingers. All right, well, there's an easy of... answer to this, Peter. I would pick an extra four finger yeah. because then I've got two ways of doing that to you. Oh. <laughs> I'll, leave, well, I'll leave you listeners to decide what that gesture was. It was rude. It was rude, rude and rude. I do apologise. Um, I'm not normally vindictive, but... Your scenarios are uh, testing more patients now, well, Peter. Well, how about this for testing your patients? Yes. Then you've got ten fingers, yes, not yes. six. I've got ten fingers. Or oh, on each hand. No, no, no. no. You've got eight fingers right now. Yes. If you add two more fingers, you have ten. Yep. You're aiming for six. You've got six wolves or six teeth or six I, fingers. Oh, so I've It's got, a reduction got, on fingers. It's a reduction on teeth and it's an increase in wolves. Sorry, I, mean, I thought you meant six fingers on uh, each hand. I should be more clear. No, not uh, each hand. Total. Six fingers, that's three. So I'd be Homer Simpson-like. Yeah. In, in more way than looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which ones would I want to lose? Yeah. Um, oh, my God, that's difficult. Six wolves not sounding so shabby anymore, are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... Obviously, you wouldn't want to lose your four fingers. Um, I think you need your two main fingers. The strongest fingers. So it's, I think you would have to be your smallest finger so that you keep the group together. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You could just have six wolves, though, and have all your fingers and all your teeth. Well, I might not have all my fingers if I had six wolves. Yeah, just stay away from the wolves. Now it's your scenario for me. Well, Peter, um, I've been struggling for the last half an hour trying to think about a scenario. And the one that comes to mind is how would you react? What would you do to change your life if it became apparent tomorrow that there was really was one almighty being in charge of everything we know as the universe call him a him or her a god but a being of such great strength and power that you knew it was now evidenced existed what in your life would you change this being is intelligence yes this being is aware of everything yes this being can all, do anything all those um yeah, as far as the being is concerned, it's everything we or humans imagine a godlike figure would be, or uh, the power and the understanding and the knowledge. Yeah, what would what if anything would you change in your life? Okay. To accommodate this new massive um, understanding, and it's not a belief anymore because this is solid, it, solid evidence. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody right. senses. Okay. And this being is, it knows everything, it sees everything, it hears everything, it can do anything. Um, yes. Okay. I, so I would start yelling at it straight away and say, what the hell's wrong with you? What about all this? What about that? What about those um, those wasps that entire life cycles are to, um, you know, lay their eggs in the eyes of a lamb? And what's going on with killing all the kids um, everywhere? What's What's... Why do all this stuff? What's wrong with you? 
I would pretty, I'm pretty sure that that's a belligerent creature. So I'd probably try not to attract much attention to myself. Okay. What What would you do though to change your your life, knowing that this be pers- this entity existed? Hmm. I'd probably become way more cynical. More cynical. Yeah. Because if there's something deliberately doing all this stuff and knowing about it, then it's sadistic and I would go as far as evil and we must just be its playthings. Hopefully, um, if and when such a being announces itself, um, we'll be able to ask it questions and indeed give it some requests. Well, well, yeah. Well, is it going to really do anything? Because it, did it create the whole universe or just Earth? Who knows? Oh, okay. Um, so we don't know that. According, according to uh, whichever particular belief you, if any, you hold dear to your heart, um, this, everything was created by this this figure. I may be misquoting for Ooh. some religions, but. Uh, Certainly in the Christian religion, God created heaven and earth and heaven I assume to be everything outside the earth. So he created everything. Okay. So I, I guess I would either find a way to kill it or start, if I couldn't do that, launch a huge misinformation campaign denying it. Like, even though I knew about it, I would say, no, this is a hoax. And I would use all the current religious logic against it. I would say, but, no, you can't prove it. No, you can't prove that that's the thing. No, but, no, but, evolution is what I believe. And you can't take that away from me. Okay. Why, why would you, I mean, he may have created evolution. Uh, maybe. But why, why would you fight against this entity that that's, has crea- created everything you know and understand? Because it's evil. All of it? Must be. Because it created evil. Evil exists. It created it. Therefore, it's evil. Or did he just create evil to balance out the good? Why did he need that to happen? I'm not sure. I'm not in his uh, inner circle. You don't need evil at all, I don't think. You can have things that are unfortunate or or kind of... So, bad so, so you don't believe that man created his own evil I mean nature exists yeah man definitely creates his own evil right not God or not in the God in this scenario this magic God this this entity that we're well, we're saying now exists yeah because we've now got evidence of it and um, yeah what, how how would uh, what I think I'm asking is how would that impose itself on you what 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 would you change about your life knowing that this entity? Mm. That's a good question because there's a lot to think about. I would, I would have to try and start with really coming to terms with why this thing did all the things the way it did. If it did it all deliberately, all knowing what would happen and it clearly knows what I was going to do. Like, for example, why would you make me who would be almost certainly an enemy of this thing? Yeah, I mean, it, but he's not answering as, questions as all, suddenly. No, he's not. He's not going to ask answer questions. Um, I think the mere fact that he's we call him he, she, it, it, um, it has decided to make itself known, and hopefully with that would come some 
some answers. But I suspect the um, the magic of life is that we don't know all the answers, and perhaps if we did know all the answers, it would wouldn't actually improve our lives that much. But I've I'm I think I'm done on that subject. Yeah, I mean, if we if we had all the answers, then what are we going to keep doing? That's it, exactly. So um, if if somebody put us here, they left certain things unanswered so that we could try and work it out for ourselves. Yes. And we're still trying. You've got to keep trying to learn stuff, right? Yep. Like you, for instance, roller skating. Let's go. Can you warn the A and E? I suppose we don't need to attach you to roller skates in order to get a good, hilarious, comical accident out of you. No, I have enough accidents, comical and otherwise, without roller skates. <laughs> Bathroom accidents. Hey! <laughs> 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 <laughs>